Hey everyone, welcome back to That Plumbing Podcast. I'm Brandon the Plumber, and today's episode three, an anatomy of a service call, and we're gonna go over option building. Now, this is kind of where it all comes together because the whole point of kind of this philosophy is the idea of creating options for the customer and just stepping back and allowing them to choose. Educating the customer first on their plumbing system, how it should be working, what's not working, and options to bring it or even upgrade it to better status. Now, just for a quick review, we the on-site arrival, we're going to call the customer, start to establish that relationship. We're going to smell good. We're going to look good. We're going to wear booties. We're going to park on the right side of the street. We're going to we're going to get on a first name basis with the customer. And once we get in the house, we're going to start to build the relationship with the customer by listening to them, giving them your full undivided attention, asking them questions, getting to know them, getting to know their system, their relationship with their system, who's in the house, who's affected by the problem that they're having, stuff like this. Really start to, to get to know the customer and become someone that they trust. You're walking through the house, you're, you're diagnosing, you're not presenting problems until you have solutions. Okay, so say you're doing all this stuff and, and you, you're ready to go create your options. So this is crucial. You want to excuse yourself. Now, I, if, you don't, if you want to build the options in front of the customer, by all means, I mean, whatever. But my philosophy and also guys like Joe Cressera and Chris Fresh, they say, go out to the truck and that way you can focus 100% on building the options. You don't feel rushed. You can focus on it. The customer's not going to be asking you questions. You lose your spot. You don't. You forgot what you're making. You for, it's just best, I think, that if you can just focus fully on creating the options. That way you can go over your notes. You can recall in your mind things that they said or mentioned, things that you saw. It's just a, it's a good idea. So you're out in the van and you're creating options. Now, building options relies heavily on the three vitals. Because if you're going in there and you're just fixing leaking angle stops or leaking faucets, then this isn't going to work. If you're just going to go in there and fix what they say is the problem without seeing what's causing the problem, then this isn't going to work. Also, if you don't talk to the customer, if you don't build a relationship, if you go into the house and the angle stops leaking, you don't say much to the customer. You look at the angle stop. You say, okay, I'll be back. You go out to the truck. You create three, four, whatever options, including water softeners, tankless water heaters, all these different things. And then you go into and you present to the customer all of these, this money that you're asking them to spend with you, but you've spent no time talking to them, no time building that relationship. <laughs> you're going to get to know every single time. And I think it might be tempting for some guys to who aren't used to this to kind of do that to show the owners that this doesn't work. Like, well, here I went in there and I gave them three options, and, and look, they never choose, they never pick, they always go with the with the economy, or they just tell me that they're going to try someone else. Unless you're in there and you're seeing how the technician is working with the customers and communicating with them, you don't really know if it's going to work. And unless you, like I said, do this, it won't work. So let's just kind of build on a, a pretty typical scenario. We'll use a leaking angle stop. Again, you go in there, you find it's leaking, you start talking to the customer, you find out that they've been in the house for 20 years, none of the angle stops have ever been replaced. There's heavy corrosion on all of the fixtures. The pressure is 120 PSI. Basically, 
all of the th- all things are working against this customer: the age, the water quality, the water pressure. Now, I know this is kind of like a made-up scenario, and it's not going to be like this every time. But it's just for an example of how to start doing what we call value stacking. Now, value stacking is kind of the key to all of this, to the options, because we want to make that premium option so enticing, so so much value in that top option that the customer would be silly to not choose it, to not go with the premium where everything is fixed, everything is you know upgraded with warranties, the customer has nothing to worry about when you leave if they select that premium option. So value stacking, a great way to understand it is take a place like Costco, for instance, versus a gas station like Quick Trip, Circle K, whatever. You go in to the gas station and you buy one candy bar and it's a certain price because it's you're just buying that one candy bar at a, at a random gas station versus if you go into Costco and you buy multiple, you know, you get so much value when you buy more. I mean, that's really what it is at its basic core is that the more the customer buys, the more the customer is open to purchasing, the more you can kind of, I don't, want to, I don't want to say discount because we don't want to quote discount because our prices are our prices because our prices have to be our prices. But what you can do is, let's say they have 10 angle stops. If you buy just one angle stop from me, it's going to be a certain price. But if you do, let's say, I mean, personally, I, if you do three or more, with me, then I'm going to uh, lower the price of each angle stop because I'm already there. I already got the tools out. I already got the water shut down. I already got the system bled down. It just makes more sense to pay less if you're going to be there doing more work. A perfect example I I did last week actually is a customer ended up uh, needing a water heater replacement. Well, I take it back. This is a good one. He called me out there because his kitchen sink faucet was dripping somewhere. It was leaking down into the cabinet. So I get there and I talk to him and, I, and I'm inspecting the faucet. Turns out that the hose that connects to the wand had a pinhole leak. And when the wand was in the, the receiver, it was spraying and then leaking down into the bottom of the cabinet. So I explained to him, I said, okay, well, you know, we can go ahead and replace it. We, we can't, it's really tough to kind of repair uh, you know, hoses. This was a growy. It's going to be pricey if I can even track it down. But I did give him that option. I didn't just take it away completely, but I just explained to him that it's going to be a little bit pricey. Uh, and then when you're done, you've already, you got that same faucet there. I also gave him a good, better, best option if I were to provide a faucet for him. I do do that. I, I have certainly am a full service uh, plumber because some customers... In my, and we might not value it, but some customers absolutely value the convenience of just having you go pick out the faucet or just they don't want to mess with it. They don't want to go on Amazon. They don't want to start Googling different faucets. They don't want to look at the different, they just, they want to get on with their life. They have more important things to do and that's fine. That's awesome. That's where we can really shine and stand out and provide a service that is amazing, so much so that they tell their friends. Anyways, so I give him all his options, and he does make a comment about the price. And so I tell him, well, you know, I understand we're licensed, bonded, insured, skilled. Uh, Warranty comes with it if we provide it. I tell you what, go with an option, and I will flush your water heater for free. Normally, that's a, I don't want to, I'm not going to say prices, but normally you would charge. Like if I'm going out there just to flush a water heater, 
I have to charge you. I said, normally it's this much, but if you replace a faucet, I'll throw the water heater in flush, the water heater flush in for free. He says, hmm, okay. Yeah, 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 that's a good idea. I've never flushed it. And it's, uh, I've never flushed it before. And I said, well, well, how old is the water heater? He said, uh, you know, 13, 12, 13 years. And I said, well, if you've never flushed it before, you really are risking causing more problems than good if you flush it now. It can cause leaks, it can kick up sediment, get stuck in aerators, which both of those have happened to me before. I've had a, a water heater start leaking right in front of me while I'm flushing it. I've had water heaters after flushing. I get called back out a day later because the aerators are clogged. And, and I do check when I leave, when I leave, before I leave, I should say. But still, sediment's in the tank, it's getting kicked up, whatever. So I have to go back out there, clean out the aerator. I can't remember. I think this one might have even gotten caught in the cartridge. So I had, the, I had to do the whole reversing of the flow to try to flush it out, whatever. So after talking to him and explaining the risks, I said, you know what? I tell you what, if you replace your water heater, I'll install the faucet for free. I, if you provide the faucet, but you're replacing the water heater, which is a couple of grand at least, I have no problem installing that faucet for, for no cost. I mean, it was pretty good condition. The angle stops were good. I had checked it. There was lots of space. It was going to be, you know, whatever, less than an hour for sure. And uh, we get to talking a little bit more, and, and he ends up doing it. He ends up going and spending a couple thousand dollars on a water heater. He also went with the extended 10-year warranty, which is a great way to upsell. I don't say upsell. A great way to provide more service. Uh, so he went with the 10-year, and I installed the faucet for free. It took me an extra 30 minutes when I was done. Water heater went smoothly. But that is a, a great example of like value stacking. If you're messing with pressure regulators or pressure vacuum breakers, you can throw in a hose bill. Just include that in the price. But make sure the customer knows that you're you're adding this value to the job uh, kind of free of charge. What I do is actually on my invoice through Service Titan, let's say I'm going the faucet, the faucet that I did last week, I still added that as a line item, but zeroed out the price. So when a customer looks at it, he sees that uh, there's a zeroed out customer supply kitchen sink faucet. You want them to know exactly the value that they're getting. If you're doing like different discount, you want you just want to account for it in the invoice. So let's say he calls back in a in a week and is upset because his neighbor got the water heater installed for $5 less. When he calls the office, the office can also look at the invoice and see, well, Mr. Customer, he did do this, this, and this at no cost or discounted. So there's, it's just, it's covering your butt. Another example, I had a customer a couple of weeks ago called out because their toilet was running. Uh, simple, you know, easy, easy, simple fix for some. But I get in there and I start talking to the customer, building that relationship, asking questions, getting to know them and their system. Turns out she's been living there for 15 years. All the toilets are original to the condo. All of them have had problems in the past. Most of them were rebuilt. You know, looking inside the toilet, I can see that they put money into these toilets, place and fill valves, flush valves, etc. So I say, well, and, and then the to- the date of the toilets is usually stamped inside the tank, if you, if you don't know. I know the customer probably doesn't know that, so you can show them the date. So it just adds another layer of trust because it's not like you're just guessing, oh, this toilet looks about 20. No, the date is right there. This is how old it is. 
So I start talking to the customer. She ends up uh, replacing all three in the condo. And what I did for that one was, is I gave her a good, better, best option. And she went with the premium option. But I, since she went with three of them, I charged her for the mid-grade option. I mean, why not? I'm already there. I've already got the vacuum out. I already got, already got the tools in there. I'm already taking, you know, it's just, it makes sense for me. And it makes sense for them as well. So, I mean, depending on how strict your company is on stuff like this, I mean, for me personally, I'm with a great company. They allow me a lot of leadway to be able to do what I need to do to close the deal, whether that's value stacking or, you know, discounting. I, I still I hate saying discounting because I don't just straight up give them a discount. I always try and add value before I take away from the price. Now, if the company has like, you know, 25 whatever dollar coupons that are circling around online or mailers or something like that, that's one thing. That That's a promotional item. And my company, they if they have like a $30 off coupon that they're sending to everyone, if the, the customer uses that, my pay is not affected by that. That The company eats that 30 bucks or whatever it is. Uh, you know, some other examples, garbage disposals. I think I talked about this briefly in other episodes. Badger fives in 95% of customers' houses. Sometimes you get a you know a little mowing, sometimes you get the fancy ones, whatever. So the good, better, best model is like the default way to give more options. For garbage disposals, we actually have four different options in our price book. But it's also in the way that you explain it to the customer. You ask them, say, well, how much do you use your garbage disposal? Because that's a very important question. If they only use it once in a while and, and not, you know, if they just don't use it a lot, then of course they could get away with a Badger 5. But if they say, which I've had customers say, I use it all the time, all the time, and it's constantly getting clogged. Well, first off, I make sure they're not putting anything they shouldn't be putting down there because no matter what garbage disposal you get, there are certain things you obviously shouldn't put down there. But once she tells me that she uses it often, well, then I have a reason to bring up better quality garbage disposals. Again, we're not just looking at the garbage disposal, going down to the truck, creating three options, and then coming back and just showing it to her. The fact that you're asking them questions, and this, the customer realizes this, it, it makes them feel, because it's true, that you're, actu- you're providing these options because of their specific needs. So garbage disposals, you have a Badger 5, uh, our mid-grade is a Contractor 333, and then our premium, I think, is a Contractor 1000. I always explain to the, and you want to, when you're explaining the difference between a good, better, best, I really find it best to keep it as simple as possible. Speak in layman's terms. Don't use too much jargon because you're going to lose the customer. They're not going to understand what you're saying. Sometimes they don't want to feel stupid, so they're not going to ask you to clarify You just speak to them like you would someone who has never looked at a garbage disposal in their life. Because a lot of customers haven't. They don't know that the Badger 5 comes with galvanized insides and will rust over time. They don't know that a Contractor 333 comes with stainless insides and will not rust over time. So I explained to them exactly that. I mean, that is the big selling point, in my opinion, between the different garbage disposals, is the components, what they're made of on the inside. Badger 5, galvanize, will rust. Contractor 333, that's the cheapest stainless option, will not rust. 
And then the premium one obviously has a you know more horsepower, more baffling, dual grinds and anti-jam technologies and all these things. So you, you, you'd want to explain those differences to the customers. Toilets, we do American Standard, good, better, best. Edgemere is our uh, economy option, two-inch flapper, plastic insides. Uh, what is it? The Cadet Pro is our mid-range, three-inch flapper, metal insides. And then the Champion Pro, four-inch piston that comes up all as one, allowing the water to flush down almost like a pressure assist and your metal components. And really, that's the most that I tell them, and that's really the most that they care about. They don't really need to know about the different throat sizes, 2.21 inches, and then the next one is 2.47 inches, glazed throat, all of these things. You can tell them about it if they ask, but really all they care about is how well is it flush and how well is it constructed. When it comes to water heaters, whether it's a gas or electric, you should be offering tankless on every gas call, at least putting it at the top and then going over it. Or if you're going to do electric, I know a lot of guys don't do uh, tankless electric. We don't. But what about a hybrid? What what about a marathon? You, the customer will not buy something you don't offer them. So like when it comes to water heaters, my economy option is the water heater, nothing else. We personally, our company includes code upgrades with, uh, with every, with every water heater. But expansion tank's not included. You can always throw in my my mid ranges uh, extended four year warranty. We offer RUDs, so that's an that's an easy way to increase your tickets uh, by adding the warranties, and then your premium one is going to be the tankless or the hybrid system. If your company is really on point, then they're offering extended warranties, service warranties on all products. So, like Joe Crisera talks about. You there's a you can't write a check option. Pretty much on no matter what you purchase, the top option is going to come with a certain number of year warranty. Uh, three, five. If you're doing something like a water heater, I've seen companies offer ten year can't write a check warranty. So you pay for the water heater upfront, and all of the maintenances every year is included. We'll set up the schedule, we'll call you, we'll come out, we'll flush the water heater, we'll inspect it. If anything goes wrong, elements go bad, burner assembly goes bad, we replace it, covered in the warranty. If the whole unit leaks, we will cover it, even if it's beyond, well, it it won't be a 10-year warranty, but you get the point. There's ways to increase your tickets and offer premium services through warranties and service contracts. That seems to be what the big... uh, what the big seller is. Now, are there times and certain calls when you really don't have three options? Of course. Of course, there's always going to be outliers. I don't think it's the norm, but I think most calls, you can offer three options if you're using the vitals to diagnose and you're asking questions and you're getting to know the customer and their system and their relationship with the house. Those toilets are a great example. If I wasn't asking questions and observing that this toilet was definitely rebuilt within the last 15 years. And I wasn't asking her if she had problems in the past. I wouldn't have had the, what is it, the credibility to offer her a new toilet when the time came. I actually would recommend downloading the Plumbing Sales Coach app. It's on both Apple and Android. Um, And this is Chris Fresh's app uh, for the Plumbing Sales Coach. And what he has, it's a price calculator. 
where you put in your hours, helper hours, cost of material, and it's going to give you three different levels of pricing. You have your retail, uh, wholesale, and then fully discounted. Plus, there's like a general guideline where you want each option to kind of be roughly 20% more or less than the other options. But don't get too hung up on that part. I mean, I don't really make sure that each price is a certain percentage or whatever, but you just want it to be uh, a difference. Uh, you want to be able to see the difference and it, and it actually matter between the different options. It's also a good idea when you're naming the different options, you kind of customize it to the customer based on what you what you talk to them about. So if it's a customer that they have really sensitive skin and they want looking at water filtration because they their skin is dry and they hate the feeling, well maybe you want the top option to be, you know, Mr. Customer's perfect skin option. You, you if you can get them to chuckle or if you can, you know, play with them a little bit, I think that really goes a long way to just like building that trust and comfort level with them. Plus it shows you're like you're not just reading from a script. You're actually putting a little bit of personal touch in the options. So when the time comes to actually present to the customer, remember we went out to the truck, we've made them at our own pace where we can feel comfortable with it. And actually we need to have a good feeling for the different options and how we got there and why we put where we put. So that when we go and present and the customer starts asking, we can answer them effortlessly. Also, when you're explaining the different options to the customer, you don't want to be tripped up. You, you don't want to be like, oh, wait, what's that? Mm, mm, mm. No, you want, to, you, want to be, you want to be ready to answer any questions they have. Now, sometimes I get tripped up with when I'm presenting as well, especially if I'm like around six options and whatnot. It's not the end of the world. What's important is right now to just have an open mind and see the potential for the different options to offer. Value stacking. See how we can increase the value by keeping the price the same. So we're ready. We're talking to the customer. We go in. We present. I personally offer the premium option first, the most expensive one. And this is kind of what Joker Sarah talks about. You know, you start with the premium. Me, I, because I can see it, my line items are itemized. I show them the price and I say, well, before I even do that, I say, I'm going to show you the premium option first. Now, don't freak out. We can definitely take off, add, and customize whatever we need. This is just if we were to do absolutely everything today. So you kind of prepare them because when they see that premium price, they might probably going to get a sticker shock. And that's okay. But you want them, if you prep them by saying, you know, we can customize this, we can take off what you don't want it kind of gives them a little bit ease. Remember, we're not trying to pressure them. We're just presenting and letting them choose, answering questions, all the stuff. Uh, we start at the premium, and I explain each line item to them. And whether you want to show them the price of each line item, I guess that's up to you. I know some guys that don't. They'll have like the itemized services, but no price next to each service. They say it works. That's fine. Try it both ways if you want. But me personally, I like, because this is how I would think if I was being shown prices, what each line item cost. So that way, if I have six of them, I know that, okay, if I don't want this, I can remove that and that lowers it by a certain amount. Because the customer probably has a rough price in their head of what their like 
prepared for, or comfortable for, or can spin. And I, it just it it just puts him at ease, I think. <laughs> so I go through the first one, I explain everything to him, and then Service Titan is great. I don't because if you create the premium option, you can actually this is when you're creating it, you can duplicate it and it takes all of those options and puts it into another estimate. You change the name and then you just take off what you don't want for the tier below. So it's really easy to with Service Titan take it and make multiple options. Uh, and so that's what I'll do. Each step down, I think to myself, okay, what is more of a uh, what is more of a elective, an elective? They call me out because I'm they have a leak. Well, obviously that's priority. The water so- the well, I'm saying the water softener isn't priority, but the main emergency is the leak. And so my bottom option, my economy option, will probably be just what they called me out for, just the leak, just the one angle stop. And then as they go up the tiers, you're adding more quote elective items. And once you explain everything to them, you ask them questions. You're there. You listen. You don't push them. They're they're going to ask you certain things there, and they'll be like, "Can you remove this?" And yeah, sure. You never want to be like, "No, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that." Especially if it's like a quote elective items. I just actually went purchased a car yesterday, which is why I didn't uh, post anything because I was out exploring different car options. And God, it is such pressure, such pressure from those car salesmen. They, if you have any objections, it's actually kind of impressive, their objection handling techniques. But it's like, if I'm presenting an objection to you, and no matter what, you have a comeback, you have a comeback of why I'm wrong. Well, that doesn't feel good. My my objections are there for a reason. You, you don't know me. You don't know my financial situations. You don't know what's coming up. So if a customer has an objection, yes, we're going to overcome them, but we're not going to be pushy. We're going to actually like think of them as humans and understand from their position. And being prepared to walk away is such a valuable, um, it's just so value, valuable to be able to do that. If it doesn't seem right, that's okay. I'm not going to keep throwing objection handling techniques to you and just steamrolling what you think and what you feel. I have to acknowledge it. And let's say, so as you did all your things, let's just say the customer ends up going with the premium option. It's very important to validate their choice. Say, oh, that's a great choice. Yeah, no, you're really going to like this softener. You know, you want them to feel like they made the right choice. And that eliminates the possibility for buyer's remorse. And even throughout while you're doing the work, it's not a bad idea to continually kind of, you know, encourage the customer, or I should say, validate the customer's choice. You know, make a little comment here and there and like, man, this faucet's gonna be really nice. And that's just it's just that's a that's the probably the last part is validating the customer's choice and encouraging them and just continuing the service throughout the call. Don't just stop talking to them. Don't just shut down now that you got your money. Continue to build that relationship because you want them to call you back the next time. And the next time they call you back, you've already established that trust and they've already had that positive experience, it's going to be a lot easier to give them options. And they're probably going to go with the premium the next time. All right. So I think that's about it. This is a very broad, a very broad picture of the service call and the processes. I mean, 
you can do, talk hours and hours on probably just the on-site arrival process, going into details, about techniques, and all that stuff. And I know I'll probably go into more detail later on, but, but the main purpose of this series was to just give a crash course and a 1,000-foot view of the whole process. So I, hel- I hope this helps some people and just get you to start thinking about value stacking and keeping your eyes open for different opportunities to increase the value. Because if we're charging the prices that we're charging, then we need to have an overwhelming amount of value so the customer doesn't get buyer's remorse. And value stacking is really the key to all of this. All right. Please feel free to email me, brandon at thatplumbingpodcast.com. If you have any questions, you want to be a guest, I got some guys lined up over the next week or so. So hopefully we'll get back to our one interview per week idea. But, you know, things happen. Check out That Plumbing Sales Coach app and his podcast. It's really great. Chris Fresh, is a, he, he's a good dude and he's, uh, he's on point. A lot of what I've learned uh, comes from him and Joe Cressera both. Check him out as well. He has uh, uh, Joe Cressera podcast. I probably shouldn't know the name of it, but if you type it in, you'll find it. So until next time, I'll leave you with a tip. Keep your mouth closed when clearing a drain. Thank you.